How are you doing this beautiful Tuesday? All right, today we're going to have another Rags the Riches transformation. This is me going through and literally showing you and documenting how I've been, how I'm creating the good life so that you can actually see the process, see the strategy, see the things that I'm doing along the entire way. This is a continuation from the podcast I actually did yesterday. What we're really digging into is this thing right here. This is actually critically important. It's the 25 secrets to, uh, to persuasion. These are the weapons of influence to sell anything. This is part two of, uh, part two of three. Um, you might be wondering, why would I be interested in this? Why would I want to learn about these, these secrets, these weapons of influence? Because the truth is, is no matter what you're doing or where you're at in life, if you think about it, if you want to get a job, you want to do a job interview, you've got to somehow convince and persuade the employer you're the best person for that particular job, right? You may have kids. I've got eight kids. The, the thing is, is you want to persuade them. You want to motivate them. You want them to do the correct things. You want to be able to help them through life. And so as a result, you're in a constant state of persuasion or influence. Now, if you're trying to make a living through sales, you're in this exact same boat. It doesn't really matter where you're at or what you're exactly doing in the sense of these skills are necessary for you to navigate the world and to get the things that you're looking for. And when I look at this, my primary focus is to be able to show you how to obtain the good life. The things that you need to do to be able to create the influence you need to make so that you can get the things done and do the things that you want. Okay? So, without a... Further ado, let's jump into this and let's start talking about it. But actually, I got out a cautionary note, okay? This, these, these weapons of influence, they're actually very powerful. They need to be used properly because they have actually been used for tremendous good in the world and they've been used for tremendous evil, okay? Give you an example. We'll start with evil. Hitler actually successfully used these things and caused the nation to go awry and to cause tremendous pain in the world. Okay, there's many leaders today that actually use these things to cause damage. But then you've got on the opposite side, you've got Christ. Christ went out into the world. He used these things of persuasion and actually created a much, much better place for people in the world. Okay, there are abundant examples of people that have created a better life for everybody by using these tools. Okay, so what we're going to pick up from yesterday we, uh, we went through the very the one through seven, secrets one through seven yesterday. We're going to pick up on secret number eight. We're going to pick up on this, and we'll start going through it. This, this one right here, secret number eight, is envy and jealousy tendency. Okay, this is, it, it's crazy. Like here in Utah, have you ever heard of the, the saying, people are trying to keep up with the Joneses? But it's true. They, they envy what somebody else is doing. They see this thing that somebody else has. And instead of actually seeing things that they want because that's what they want, they actually end up chasing somebody else's dream. Um, one of them is, did you ever see that movie, The Italian Job? In The Italian Job, in this particular movie, these guys were thieves. So obviously not exactly tremendous moral behavior. But these guys were thieves. And so these group of thieves went and robbed a vault, a vault stole a bunch of money. Well, what happened is, is one thief thiefed the other thieves and actually took it all. And when they finally located it and tracked him down, they found or they discovered that every one of these other thieves' dreams 
was actually being manifest by the one thief that stole it all. And so instead of actually having his own dream, his own dream about his house, his own things, he actually just went in and started taking somebody else's dream. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. We call, I call it, I mean, it's commonly called keeping up with the Joneses. Instead of figuring out what you want, you actually make the misjudgment of choosing what somebody else wants. And so envy and jealousy is probably, that's probably one of the biggest secret sins of the world of making that mistake, okay? All right, secret number nine, um, reciprocation tendency. This one right here, they did, they did a study on this where um, you could do, like in this particular example, they had these two guys in a room. And the, the one guy was, unbeknownst to the other one, he was supposed to present something like a $25 raffle ticket. Kind of an expensive raffle ticket, okay? And this, this guy was actually supposed to, um, well, he's trying to get him to buy it. Well, virtually 100% of the time, when he said, hey, would you like to buy this raffle ticket? The experiment, it, it proved that the, the buyer would not buy and so what happened is they switched the scenario. They actually had him in a room and they had a can of soda. And the one guy with the soda, he actually offered it to the other gentleman and said, here, would you be interested in a can of soda? And just gave it as a free gift. Well, the guy obviously is like, oh, thank you. That's grateful. Very gracious, right? Then they had him turn around and pop the question, would you like to buy a $25 raffle? And frequently, it was statistically proven that they actually bought, not every time, but the consistency of people that bought actually went up enough that they came to the conclusion that you could give somebody a token amount of value and extract a much larger value at the back end. Therefore, reciprocity actually comes into play. It becomes a very powerful tool. Like if you were sitting, two people are sitting next to each other and somebody gives you like a, a gumball. Or they, they, they've got M&M's, you got, say they got M&M's and you got Reese's Pieces, right? And the one gives you the M&M's, well, you feel compelled to share your Reese's with the, the other gentleman. It's true. So just pay attention to that. That is one of the secrets of being able to motivate or to influence people by just having, like in the scriptures, it talks about um, doing good to everybody, like doing good unto others. Um, it can be used to, to help or it could use to be harm. But reciprocity. Very, very powerful. Okay, we're up to number 10. Secret number 10 is influence from mere association. This, this one, boy, I tell you what, if you ever thought, if you, if you ever go or if you ever thought that you're not influenced by your surroundings, might, might want to pause and think again. It's, this is, you could take normal, ordinary people you could actually have them in an environment, like say a sporting event, right? They, they could be a courteous, kind person. But when things don't progress the way they thought it should in the event, they could become outraged, they could become upset, they could become crazy. You can see the same stuff that takes place in mobs. People that would normally not loot stores, normally not make stupid mistakes like that, in that particular environment can create that very same problem. You'll see the same thing with Tupperware parties. If you go to a Tupperware party and you, you have association with somebody, the association of you being there could actually cause you to buy the thing through just mere association. So if you're thinking about it, you're like, how do I motivate people? How do I cause things to sell? Create association. Allow people to see other people using it. 
this is going to be very, very closely tied to social proof as we come up into it. But it's just association. You don't even actually have to the you don't actually even have to know the person. This is where celebrities come into play. This is where influencers come into play. The association with a particular product or brand will then cause you to become motivated or interested in owning it. So you just pay attention to that. Look for this. It's it's right there. Okay. We're on secret number 11. Okay. Simple pain avoidance. Psychological denial. You will see... Uh, have you ever heard of, in the corporate world, uh, CYA, cover your apples, right? They... The, the corporate world, when I worked at Raytheon Missile Systems, they, everybody loved to use email. Email, email, email. So they were constantly in a state of documentation so that they could document this or that. And people would not want to take decisions. In fact, you will discover people get into this herd mentality where the herd goes in a particular direction because then not one single individual actually owns the thing. You will success. Here's, a, here's this thing I use. Success has many fathers. Failure is fatherless. It has no parents. Nobody touched something that was a failure. So if people perceive that something was going to be difficult, they will not want to do it. In fact, so if you think about it, like if you got a thing, you want to motivate, you want to persuade somebody, like help them see the vision. Paint the vision. Paint the the beautiful, wonderful thing that it's gonna that it's gonna take. But if you were actually to tell them how difficult and how much pain they would go through, they would not actually do the thing. Okay? So just pay attention to that. Just you've got to you've got to be able to people people will do things that are not in their best interest because of pain avoidance. And you know that things are good for them. You know that going to work is good for you. Like, but people will want to avoid it because they associate it with pain. They don't want to do something. And so, just, I would say on this one, you be careful, but you've got to be able to help people move forward in life. And if you help them understand all the pain they're going to go through, they will never go forward. Okay, number 12, secret number 12, excessive self-regard tendency. Boy, does this not show up? Have you noticed how many people do selfies? Have you noticed that how many people are absolutely enamored with themselves? Reminds me of Justin Bieber um, singing, oh, if, you're in solo, if you're in love with yourself, why don't, why don't you just love yourself or something like that? Okay? But, but here's, here's the psychology. You understand that people are about that. So when you meet with somebody, you start talking about something. Use you. You. This is how it helps you. You, 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 you talk about them in what's in their best interest. Talk about things in their, like their point of view, how this can help you, okay? Um, that's probably one of the most powerful tools you can actually use in using persuasion is using the word you in a context that helps them see or to, to do it. Like don't, don't, this third party abstract um, stuff isn't quite as powerful as actually understanding that people are tremendously enamored with themselves and they would love to have things put in context for them. You could have somebody that's just not even beautiful at all, but they could be amazingly enamored with themselves. Just just know that that's how people operate. And if you understand that, then you can use it for a, a method of persuasion. Okay. Um, number 13.
13. Secret number 13. Over-optimism. Over-optimism. This, this is one of the fallacies that I think many men run into. So Larry H. Miller, who bought the Utah Jazz. Okay, when he bought the Utah Jazz, he was over-optimistic about his skills and his ability to work with, maintain, and to own this particular business. And it was the over-optimism that carried him into this business adventure. And as a result, he then opened on the Utah Jazz. In hindsight, I don't think he was as excited about it or doing it. Fortunately, over-optimism serves us well in the sense that it causes us to move forward. And because it causes us to move forward, it causes us to do amazing things. Because it goes back to one of the previous secrets I talked to you about um, pain avoidance and denial psychology. If people knew what the pain is that they would go through to get the thing, they would actually not do it. But the fact that we have over-optimism carries us forward into opportunities that would actually be for our own self-interest and that will actually help us move forward. So just, just be aware of it. Over-optimism. We, we are heavily laden with that. Um, just understand it. And you can take and use it to help people. Um, so secret number five, uh, 14. Deprival super reaction. People, this, is, this one's a little bit bizarre. In, in the sense that, have you ever heard of somebody say, Oh man, I almost won this. Oh man, I almost came in first. Oh man, like they they think that they almost had a thing, and therefore it becomes a method of, of psychological improvement. In fact, you could take and work with somebody, you could create a beautiful image, a beautiful painting inside their mind of what life could be like. Here's the good life. This is how you get here. This is what you could do to accomplish your objective, right? You create the good life or whatever it is, and then you could pull it back. But you can't have that if you don't lean forward. You can't have that, and you take it away. It will cause it will cause a reaction inside somebody that could be somewhat visceral. Um, one of them you could do is, for example, you want people to attend an event, a contest, or whatever it is. You could put out there this opportunity to get a thing, and you're like, "Come here. You have a chance to win a thousand bucks." Okay. People will show up for that, and then you'll you'll maybe you'll do a lot of your drawing, and they, maybe they'll think that they almost won or something like that. But you could then say, well, you could have this other thing, um, and you could present it so that they could actually, if they didn't win this one, they could at least win this other one. Um, and you could actually cause people to lean in because they thought that they almost won. Um, so it's it's just kind of it, it creates well. Here's you another example. Okay, uh, sunk cost fallacy. Okay, like have you ever noticed that you start doing something, you've actually taken a bunch of time, a bunch of money, and you invested it in this thing. Here's the thing: it was not working, but because you spent so much time and effort working on the thing, you then cannot stop yourself spending more time and more money making the thing work, even though the thing never worked. It can be a big, a big mistake that people can do. Like, so you're trying to figure out how you can use this in, to sell or how to motivate people, okay? Um, one thing that you could do is you start working with somebody, you start using some of their time. Well, after you start using their time, so then you ask them for some micro-commitments. Well, after you ask them for micro-commitments and they start making decisions moving down the path, they now have time and the energy invested in. You could easily see this on a car lot. 
I went to the car lot. I was there. I met with them. I spent so much time. Like, you know what? I don't want to come back and I don't want to go do any more research. Therefore, I will, because I committed so much time, I'm just going to walk away from this lot owning something today. And that's one of the things that you, uh, that will cause people to move forward is the fact that they literally just invest the time. Okay. Um, I'm going to do one more and then we will save. We're going to save more of these for tomorrow for part three of three. Okay. What, what you might want to do, just so you know, um, I'm going to help you bring all this together. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit more after I share this one. I'm going to help you bring it all together so you can see it. Okay. Number 15, social proof tendency. This one right here, this is one that works, and this is one that's got me really frustrated right now. And I'll show you what I mean because you can see it. Okay, because I didn't want to take and drive my car all across the state of Utah and liquidate this thing, I actually went into two cities specifically. I went into Payson and Santa Quint. And my opinion in that is, is I wanted to dominate those markets. I wanted to offer my customers tremendous value, wholesale prices. I wanted to do them a lot of good. So that's what I did. I started going out. I started selling solar everywhere. Got a ton of really happy customers. And what happened is, is all of a sudden, all these other solar companies saw what I had done in the local area. And they came in and they flocked in. The problem that I'm, that here's my problem with that, is when they took and they looked around and they saw, like homeowners saw that their neighbors got solar on their house. They're like, oh, well, if Joe got it, or if Jane got it, or whatever got it, therefore, it makes sense, therefore, I should get it. And so they're getting it in droves in these areas where I already work. But the social proof was created because somebody else got a killer deal, and they used that social proof that the Joneses or somebody else got it to actually sell them solar at massively higher prices. Like, I'm finding deals where they're charging them $5,000 to $20,000 more than what my customers have paid. In fact, I found one just yesterday, okay? This one's just yesterday. It wasn't in the state of Utah. But, I mean, what, what difference does it make? You go outside the state of Utah, right? Vivint Solar sold a customer the same solar system I would have sold here in Utah for $50,000 more than my price. $50,000 more. Like, I if I did that, I would only have to make like, like I don't know, two sales a month for the summer and then I could just be off for the rest of the year. It's insane. And so that's one of the things that I pay attention to is my, is my competition is using my customers as social proof to further their needs and to, milk, to sell a ton of stuff. Now, is social proof valuable? Yes, because sometimes you don't exactly know how to behave in an environment. Sometimes you don't know what the right etiquette is. And so what, one of the shortcuts that we have in our mind is we observe what other people are doing so then we know how to respond or to, to react in that particular uh, environment. And so it's a very powerful shortcut as long as the shortcut actually helps you and serves your purpose. So if you're trying to sell something, Figure out how to create social proof. Figure out how to show people getting the results that somebody else wants. And if you do that, then you will be able to be successful in motivating people. All right, so let me see if I can help you bring this all together. Um, okay, um, 
So when I take and I go, when I go do solo, on the whole, I only work off of referrals. The reason is, is because I want to help people. I want to help friends of friends, okay? There's, there's some value in this. The value is, is a referral is worth about 10 times more than a non-referral. Non-referral. Why? Because they, they, it creates the social proof, okay? It creates the social proof. Like you wouldn't refer somebody that you didn't trust, right? And so you, you create this immediate trust. You create the social proof because somebody else did it. Um, you go out there and you invest time into somebody by being able to help them, to answer some questions. Because you were so good and they liked you so much, they want to reciprocate. They will be more interested or more open to owning your product. Okay? Um, you could also point out that other people got solar. So if, if social proof doesn't get folks to move, you can actually come back and say, well, you know, somebody else has got it too, but I guess you can't have it. Right? Then it triggers some embassy and some jealousy. It'll cause people to want. Mere association, the fact that you're associated or connected to people will cause people to move forward. Um, like, here's the, here's the thing. Like on solar, this one is very powerful in solar because not only is it good, but it's actually true. Because here's the deal. If you look at, if you look at the things, how things are changing in the environment, the inflation is actually going up. It's going up massively, right? It's, it's absolutely inevitable. The cost of electricity will go up. It's not even a question. It's an it's a absolute, it will go up. So inflation is going to absolutely kick in, okay? The, everything is shifting to renewable power. So people are getting their houses powered with solar now, whether they know it or not, or whether they like it or not, okay? Those things are changing. Um, oh, there's another one. Like in Utah, the, they did the Utah Clean Air Act, which means that the air quality here got so bad that they want the, they required the utility companies to convert to renewable. So here's the deal. You stick with your current utility company. You're going to get crushed over time because you're going to pay a massive amount of money. You put solar up on your roof, it is so much cheaper, and it pays off so that when it pays off, your solar is actually free from that point forward, okay? This is where pain avoidance into, comes into play. If you can show them how much money that they're going to lose, you could show them how much money they're going to gain by retaining the money, or you could help people understand how much money they're going to lose because they're already committed to life and they will lose that money no matter what. So you're going to lose it or you can get it. So all of them come into play. Um, excessive self-regard. Not sure if I use this a ton, but... Um, like, I don't know, some people want to have it all. I want to have it all. It, this would work on me, um, in the sense that I want to be, I want to be successful. I don't, maybe I don't like, you just, I guess you can just be aware of it. People by nature already think that they're fabulous. Um, and they, they think they're amazing. Okay. Over optimism. This is like, you, you're going to see this. This will carry people forward. Um, because they, they just think that they could do it. Like if they think they could do, make this jump, they think they could do all these things. And fortunately they believe that cause that's what causes the world to move forward. Um, anyway, so as you can see, all of these things actually come into play when you take and you work with somebody. If you learn how to weave these things in, you can learn how to cause people to do things. And when I, when I talk about these, don't, don't just discover one. Don't discover one. It's like 
Like, if you think of a rope, like every single one of these secrets is like a strand of rope. And you put one strand in, and then you use another secret. That's two strands of rope, and three strands of rope, and four strands of rope, to the point where you actually can make a tremendously powerful rope that can then cause people to become influenced. So it's not just a, a discovering or learning one. It's learning how to master a collection of these things that, so you can use it to cause influence to take place. So go, go check out my website. Go to AskSolarMike.com. Go see exactly what I'm doing. Go see the things that I'm doing. Go see how I'm influencing, how I'm motivating people. Keep in mind, like when I do this, I do it for the benefit of people. I already know that people are committed for life to consuming energy. I know that they need energy in the future. I know that I can provide them a better solution. Now, not everybody that brings a product forward is actually going to have this. Like, I'm sure that uh, some of the devices that Hitler brought forward did not actually serve humanity very well. Okay? So just be, be conscious of this so that you can actually motivate people. But you can go to my website at AskSolarMike.com. Go, go there. Check it out. Learn. Discover. See how it will help you. See how it will move things forward so that you can have a good life. My, my teaching you this, showing you this, and doing solar in my mind is a spiritual journey because it is it's allowing, it's giving me a platform to be able to teach things that are very valuable that would create the good life for you. It helps people get momentum so they learn how to invest. In my mind, people need momentum. You got to figure out how to invest. And this is the way I can use my skills to express it to teach you guys. So anyway, I will talk to you later.